My name is Abby, and I welcome you to the Evolving Love Podcast. Whether you are happily monogamous or polyamorous or anything in between, I welcome you to join me in these conversations with my husband and other special guests. On this podcast, I will be sharing my perspectives and experiences in consensual non-monogamy from the last eight years. Let's begin. Today joining me is my wonderful husband, and we'll be discussing our approach to opening up our relationship eight years ago, the influence of patriarchy and possession in our relationships, Will Smith at the Oscars, stigmas around non-monogamy, and the excitement of the sexual unknown, amongst other things. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me for this first pilot episode of the Evolving Love podcast. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. It is really exciting. So let's get straight into it. We have been together for 10 years. When we first got together, we were monogamous. And Mm. then a couple of years in, we decided to expand our horizons a little bit and begin to explore the world of non-monogamy. And I feel like it came from quite an instinctual place. It wasn't really anything that we read about or investigated and learned about. It was very instinct-led. But I'm curious, you know, thinking back to that time, I'm curious to know how you feel about that, looking back into it. Where do you think your mind was at when we were transitioning from monogamy to you know, gently exploring non-monogamy. What appealed about that to you? And yeah. Yeah, I think the 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 key word there is is gently. Um and we when we first started seeing each other we had this really great sense of communication that was kind of apparent from the very beginning. Um and it felt really natural to be able to talk really openly about our desires and different fantasies that we had. Um, and it felt like a really safe place to start having these discussions. Um, initially in a way that we were able to talk about different fantasies that we'd had in the past or different things that we'd like to explore together. And because we had that great level of communication, we were able to, to really start to figure out where um, we cross paths in terms of things that we both found really exciting about exploring together and in the future. And then from that place, we had a really strong foundation for us to to really begin to think about actively looking for these interesting experiences and different experiences outside of that traditional monogamous relationship structure. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the, the, the gentle nature of, of how we kind of started to explore these different types of things um, allowed us to, to really hold our relationship at the center and really um, care for one another in, in uh, the way that we started to explore. Yeah. And I think that this is a very uh, common way to approach this when, you know, people are coming from a place of monogamy and then gently opening up, you know, having that, you know, not rushing into anything, learning together, learning about each other's desires or hopes or intentions with opening up the relationship, you know, discussing compersion, uh, which is the opposite of jealousy. It's it's sort of coined as the opposite of jealousy. It's this understanding of happiness and joy that we can receive from just from our partner receiving joy and pleasure from somebody else outside of us. So it's a joy beyond ourself, uh, you know, reaching into that, into that aspect of things. And then also, you know, as you've said, you know, taking things slowly, 
and communicating very well and keeping it also joyful and light. It's like this hasn't been something that has always felt like we're really in the trenches deeply, you know, communicating all of the time in very intense, heavy ways, which, you know, this can happen. It, it, it's always felt like a positive and something that's been, you know, very enhancing for us. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think there is a, there is a possibility in a relationship to over-intellectualize something like this and, and, you know, really talk it to death at the start. But I think for us, um, because we were we were naturally aligned in so many different ways about things that we were interested in exploring, um, we were able to really just indulge in the in the fantasy initially of of a lot of different things, um, before you know actually acting these out, um, kind of in in real situations. Mm. And I think it's really wonderful now to be able to actually come out more and to start to have these conversations with other people in our lives, uh, friends of ours. We were living overseas for a number of years and for five and a half years in New York. And it's been amazing to move back to our hometown slash city and share a little bit more about our relationship. And I think that, you know, coming out also gives other people a bit more of an understanding and it can help to break stigmas when people, you know, know other people who are living, you know, differently to them. And, you know, I think it's been really positive. I've, I've been very surprised at how open some of our friends have been about it. And I think I was concerned that there would be a lot of judgment. And there was definitely, there's definitely been misunderstanding about it. But I think the misunderstanding has just come from a place of not knowing anybody who's non-monogamous and not having, you know, a real awareness about it. But actually when we've been in opportunities now where we're starting to talk about it more and share about it, people are really open to hearing about it and learning about it. And it's not necessarily from a place of actually wanting to explore non-monogamy themselves, but it's, it does just come from a place of wanting to understand the other and so that they can have a bit more understanding for other non-monogamous people that they might come across. Yeah, for sure. I think um, certainly when we were initially getting into exploring non-monogamy, a lot of it was just through discussions with ourselves. We didn't really have a lot of resources. We weren't listening initially to podcasts or anything like that. We certainly didn't really have any friends um, that we could speak to about these situations. We hadn't really opened those lines of communication with our, within our friendships um, to discuss these types of different approaches to a relationship. Um, so I think something like this and just having these really open discussions um, it's just such an important thing just to kind of normalize some of some of the stigmas that surround open relationships and also potentially um, share experiences that people might be able to relate to. So Evolving Women Project, Evolving Love Project is essentially my coming out page, which means that it's also I've outed you. You know, you've, you've been on the journey with me. Uh, you have shared a little bit of writing on there too. I think maybe you've written two little articles, posts, um, you know, so this has been your coming out page as well in a way through me. So I want to know how you feel about that. That's a great question. Um, well, as you said before, we've, we've kind of uh, come out to uh, a lot of our close friends 
um, and a lot of our kind of extended um, community of friends now, um, in addition to coming out um, to our family. But maybe that's a another podcast episode unto itself. That was a heartbeat moment. That was that was definitely uh, a whole thing. But um, it went well. Um, but we'll uh, we'll save that story for maybe another time. But I think um, I think this is the first uh, time that we've obviously so visibly shared um, what our relationship looks like. Um, or some of what our relationship looks like. So initially, it was it was definitely a little a little nerve wracking. Uh, I'm not going to lie. But um, you were consenting to it. I was very consent. <laughs> con- I was very consenting um, to the sharing, um, and I think also because it was a, a private network um, of of women initially. Um, and I, I think, you know, um, historically speaking, um, certainly with your friendships with females, you've been. You've, you've felt a real comfort in, in sharing about, you know, relationships and things like that. And I certainly have friends who I, male friends who I, I can share with and, and that type of thing. Um, but this is the first kind of uh, time when a lot of different people have um, been exposed to, you know, some of our feelings about our own relationship and, and um, different things that we're working through or, you know, different, you know, things that arise, um, good things and, and things that... Um, you know, require work and communication for us to to kind of um, travel through. Um, so I think it's it's been definitely a a, a journey for me, um, but it's been a really great experience to um, yeah also see that people um, you know aren't judging. Uh, there's there's that kind of element of of being worried about a stigma around our choices, um, and I think that. Uh, the page has definitely done a lot to dispel any worries that I have um, about that stigma being really present. You know, as you said, everyone's been really nice. Um, everyone's been really supportive. Everyone's been really interested in what you've got to say, um, you know, about these topics. So I, I think it's, it's uh, if anything, um, this kind of coming out has just made me feel like, um, you know, um, validated in our own choices within our relationship. Um, you know, as Effie Blue would say, you know, our relationship by design. Hearing you just mention Effie Blue, who is a relationship coach in New York City. We used to go to her lectures, uh, Curious Fox, which were amazing. It's sort of making me think back to those times um, and even further back before then. So, you know, when we started off our relationship in 2012, we started off, we were a monogamous couple. We didn't question anything. We didn't really know about anything else. You know, madly in love with one another, together all of the time, doing things together all of the time, um, you know, very close. And, you know, it's just been this unfolding, you know, and, and we began to open up our relationship in 2014. So, you know, taking it, thinking back to that time, do you feel like you understood uh, compersion early on when we first got together or it was something that you just um, naturally felt? Yeah, I think um, I think in, as far as compersion goes for me, um, it was the, the kind of first time I really felt it um, was, I guess, in our relationship. Um, I think for compersion... Um, certainly how I have felt it in the past um, with you, it's something that is very specific to our relationship. And I imagine it's very specific um, to everyone's relationship. In previous relationships, 
um, whilst I'd kind of explored the concepts of, um, you know, group situations with, with, um, you know, with, with a partner and another person bringing another person in a third or, you know, other situations like that, um, that kind of real sense of compersion and loving the idea of seeing you in a situation with someone else or, you know, having that kind of group dynamic. Um, I think it was the first time, um, that I really felt that quite strongly. Um, and because the initial stages of our relationship, we were really, you know, um, really connecting physically and emotionally and it was a very intense kind of um start to the relationship and the you know the first six months we were we were really exploring lots of different things um obviously not with other people but um just through the lens of of us having these great experiences together um it really kind of set the scene for for yeah possibly exploring something um like conversion in situations with other people and and uh Obviously, it, it took kind of, I guess, um, a year or two to, to have an experience like that. But I think very early on, I was very open to kind of the concept of, you know, of us doing something like that. Mm. I think, you know, having having these experiences come from a place of uh, deep love, respect and attachment to one another is really you know, I feel like for us was really important. Um, and so this is another this is another reason why I think, you know, it is wonderful to share a little bit more of our story because, you know, we want to actually break the stigma around, uh, you know, the open relationship being about, you know, unhappiness, being unfulfilled, having problems, you know, the last ditch effort to save you know, the burning building. I mean, it's like our, our friends said overseas, um, two of our very good friends um, said, you know, it's like a opening up your relationship is like a magnifying glass. And, you know, if you've, if you've got a really strong relationship, it can open up these amazing possibilities and these amazing experiences. But if you already have a, a relationship where there's a lack of communication or there's issues going on, it really puts a magnifying glass on that. And it kind of exacerbates any problems that, that may already have been existing. So something that's that, so true. Yeah. And something that we've thought about a lot is, you know, is, is engaging in, in different experiences or, or new, new things when we're coming from a place of strength, really, as opposed to, you know, um, trying to fix something um, within the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. With love being at the core of that, you know, I mean, it was, the the representations of open relationships are just pretty abysmal. There are very um, there are not many very positive um, you know showings of what's happening for people. Uh, I mean, we know so many people with happy open relationships where they're thriving, they're so in love, they're you know really really together and joined and have very healthy partnerships with other people as well, and it's very positive. But you know most of these people don't actually talk about their experiences as their the stigma runs so deep. You know monogamy is so tied into being a good person and what commitment le- means and love. You know monogamy and love are you know really I think. You know, even Dan Savage said that this idea of monogamy and love are just completely welded together in our society. And it's so true. 
you know, I have had conversations with different friends when I first shared about us and they say, oh, I couldn't do that because I'm, you know, I'm so in love with my partner, Mm. you know, so there's a lot of misunderstanding around this, you know, and Hollywood doesn't help. Only a few nights ago, I watched the new Ben Affleck movie, Deep Water, about an open relationship. It's full of misery. You know, she's having extra partners so that you know, that's their arrangement so that she doesn't leave him. And it ends in jealous murder. So it's like, that is what the the masses are watching. They're watching that open relationships ends in murder, you know, and this is, this happens time and time again, you know, and as someone who's, you know, a non-monogamist through and through, um, oh, it just really irks me. There's a few different dynamics. As a man, I think there's a few different dynamics running as well. That kind of the whole patriarchy thing in terms of, you know, the sense of ownership over a woman, um, you know, even the Will Smith stuff that just happened. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will release, but um, uh, yeah, the, the, the Oscars just happened. And for anyone hiding under a rock, basically, you know, Will Smith defending his his wife's honor um in his own mind he he gets up on stage and and slaps chris rock for for a you know bad taste joke um but even that kind of like display of of like this is how you love you know there's lots of interesting and 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 you know um problematic uh, ways of of men showing their love through ownership Mm, my Um, woman yeah, exactly. And it's like, well, you've got to fight for your woman. You've got to, you've got to, you know, own own uh, the woman's experience. You know, to to present this like really strong kind of family or, or kind of love unit. Um, and I think you know, there's certainly it's something. You know, I've I've got two sisters, and I think that plays a lot into the fact that, um, you know, I've had and, and I've had strong female role models in my life. Um, so potentially that's why I, I don't have, you know, as much kind of ingrained kind of the toxic elements of this kind of masculinity. Um, but I think, yeah, I think patriarchy has a lot to lot to answer for when it comes down to, yeah, just kind of just problematic, um, you know, concepts when it comes to um, men and love and the way we um, kind of, yeah, display our, um, our affections. Absolutely. I would even say um, that through the throughout the course of our relationship that you had actually, you know, whether it was an undoing of patriarchal thinking and possession over women um, that you didn't have because of the way that you were raised and the way that you were already thinking or if it's something that you broke down and sort of processed through different experiences. But I feel like you were really at a point where you had broken away from that um, earlier than I had, you know, and that sort of, you know, non-monogamy brought that up. You know, I had different, you know, I'm a pretty shame-free person, but I definitely had moments of things coming up, you know, and especially with the idea of, you know, opening up our relationship, um, you know, potentially involving me being with male partners, which came Mm. a a few years later into our non-monogamy, was something that that I was a little bit more resistant to. And I think that it came from that sort of thinking of, you know, I belong to you as you were, you know, my man and, you know, I'm sort of your property or whatever. And, you know, it's it's been interesting because I feel like you had let go of a lot of that stuff before I had and, 
it is interesting because when I talk to friends, you know, it's usually the other way. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that's to do with your upbringing or or if you have anything to say to that. I mean, what do you, what do your friends say when when you mean that it's usually the other way? I mean that it's more often than not conversations that I have, you know, it's the women who feel ready to, you know, potentially be, explore or be with a partner um who is a man. Um, but their husbands or boyfriends are very resistant to that because they are thinking, you know, but I'm, I'm a man, you know, you can be with a woman because, you know, she can give you something that I can't give you, but I am the man. Mm. And so, you know, you should be coming to me for all of your needs, you know, in that way. Yeah. Well, I guess it just comes, it's that classic kind of one penis policy, um, kind of attitude, you know, it's like you're saying, you know, I've got everything you need. Why would you need to go elsewhere? Why would you need to, to find another man? And, and I think in those situations, it comes down to potentially, um, an insecurity, um, from the man side of things, you know, the worry that, you know, a a new lover might, you know, do things differently. And, 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 but I, I think because we came from opening up, from a place of real strength and we've always had a really amazing physical connection. I never had the worry that, you know, potentially, you know, that there'd be, you know, more excitement found in, you know, a male partner. I think the, the you're, you're incredibly exciting. Thank you. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, for us, it's really the certainly certainly from from my side of things um because i am so compulsive and because we do have such a strong relationship i really felt like um you know it was it was just expanding your kind of menu that you could uh especially when it comes to physical intimacy it was really just expanding your menu menu of sexual appetite um and different things that you could you could uh experience are you saying that i have a large sexual appetite i mean I think the podcast listeners can uh, can make their minds up on that, but uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I, I really believe that um, you know because we came from from such a, a place of strength, I really I didn't have to deal with as much of those um, those potential issues that that people can hypotheticalize in the lead up, and I think a lot of this comes down to just the unknown, and part of sharing all these um, all the writing that you do. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the, the the women on the page and through the Evolving Love page as well, where men also are reading your writing. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the partners are reading some of the stories that you're writing about mm. and thinking, oh, okay, well, it actually doesn't sound as scary um, or it doesn't sound as, as um, dangerous or potentially threatening to a relationship. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think... I've I've naturally I've very naturally just kind of felt comfortable um, with that experience. You are amazing. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I can't imagine being married to anybody else. Can you imagine that? No. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I think one of the things that. Uh, you know, I've been writing about as well is that in non-monogamy, you know, there's so many different ways of experiencing non-monogamy. There's more, you know, sexual-based non-monogamy. There's, you know, which is sort of, you know, swinging and and different um, different things like that. There's also, you know, it's it's a bit of a 
expansion, you know, there's also, you know, the more emotional end of non-monogamy, you know, polyamory, and there's everything in between, you know, and I love just bringing it back to Effie Blue. I love this idea of relationship by design. And I feel like that's something that you and I have really done along the way is that we are constantly, you know, and it doesn't feel like this big, you know, of course it's work, but it doesn't feel like we're slogging through the trenches, you know, doing all of this work and having all of these hard conversations. And, you know, of course, conversations, you know, there, there are moments. But, you know, I think it's been we've we've come at this also just from a, a place of fun and enjoyment and pleasure. Like we actually, you know, we love having these conversations. We do enjoy having a check in and sort of seeing where things are at and sort of changing Um, you know, restructuring our non-monogamy as things go along and also having times of, you know, becoming a little bit more monogamous again and knowing that it's okay to sort of, you know, expand and, you know, pull in again as we need, you know, certain times like, you know, we're parents. So, you know, when I was pregnant and, you know, in those postpartum, you know, that tender postpartum time and family and bonding in that way. But basically just this idea that we can, you know, it depends, you know, whatever's going on in our life, we can sort of make, you know, we have different capacity at different times in our life. We have different times where we have different bandwidth. I think one thing that I really like about the way that we explore non-monogamy is that we expand and pull in with it as we need to as well. Uh, you know, there are different times in our lives where we, you know, we might have different capacities to engage in this, you know, because it does take care and time and, you know, attention and effort in so many different ways. You know, it's, you know, it, it can be quite involved. And, you know, there were times in New York where we did go back to a more monogamous Uh, relationship you know due to being you being incredibly busy at certain points I remember there was you know there was a real there was a big chunk of time in New York I think you were playing 28 gigs a month you know you you were completely stretched so even though I had more free time than you did you know you didn't have the bandwidth to be able to sort of have the conversations around mm. non-monogamy and and all of that, so so that was a that was a time where we were just focusing on the two of us because you were so busy. We we didn't really have enough time. We needed to spend more time with each other. Um, yeah, and I think the I think some of the things that we did at that time we were still kind of having fun experiences, but they were very centered around us doing it together and. Um, you know, and going to things like parties and, you know, fun parties. Um, yeah, going to different parties and, and having these really kind of bonding experiences where we were we were kind of in it, um, in the adventure, very, um, very connected. Absolutely. Yeah, doing things together. So, you know, with you playing 28 gigs a month, it's like we can't be going to those things, you know, um, especially, you know, you were working a lot as well on Saturday evenings. So that's when... That's when the parties are on. Um, But, you know, also times of, you know, growing our family. And, you know, when I was pregnant, that was a very monogamous time for us. And then, you know, postpartum, all of that time, just coming very inward. And then naturally, you know, as we're finding our groove and, and coming out of those spaces and, 
you know, really making sure that we're so connected again, then being able to make space for um, some other partners as well. So I think it's a good, I like the way that, you know, nothing's set in stone. It's Mm. not like we're on this path to just be opening up more and more and more. Um, You know, it feels like we're very conscious of, of balance and sort of, you know. Yeah, it's like the, you know, it's like an E&M escalator, you know, kind of with the, the end goal being like, you know, some kind of mystical orgy in the, in the wilderness, you know, I, I think, <laughs> I think some, some things that we've, that we've done have, have definitely, we've been slow to move, um, which I think has been really helpful just for us. We haven't kind of jumped in and just, um, you know, gotten involved in as many different situations as possible and in as many different configurations. I think we've always moved at a pace where we felt comfortable um, and we never really renegotiated, um, you know, our boundaries in the moment. Um, And that's really protected us um, and just having really great experiences all the time. Not pushing beyond uh, anything that we feel like we can't manage. Yeah, and I think naturally all relationships... Um, you know, especially in this kind of world of E and M, there's there's always going to be that flux that you talked about. There's always going to be these kind of periods of intense E and M, kind of different things happening, and then maybe a retreat, um, and that's totally cool. And and certainly for us, um, you know, those times where we've we've been too busy to to be involved in other things or or, or that all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's been really helpful for us to also have the knowledge that we can actually step back from it if we need to. And if we have the conversation where it's like, okay, well, you know, lots of different things have been happening, but we're really busy. There's lots of stuff going on. We both don't have bandwidth or one of us doesn't have bandwidth. And then just feeling comfortable to be able to tell each other, okay, I think, you know, we need to chill it out a bit. And then that just being a totally fine thing. So another taboo uh, topic around E&M is uh, E&M and parenting. Uh, people can feel a lot of um, fear about talking about being non-monogamous when they are parents. That is sort of a whole different uh, chapter of stigma that is involved. Um, That's a separate, separate podcast that, almost unto itself. That is a totally separate podcast. Um, but I will, I want to ask you, you know, how do you sort of feel like you know, has your experience with E&M or, uh, or like, how do you balance this understanding of, you know, non-monogamy and parenthood and, you know, where's the balance with that? With the, with the balance, it's, it's, it's been something that certainly is, has, you know, changed lots of things becoming parents. But I think the, our our journey uh, within E&M actually has, helped us um in our parenthood it's you know we we were we had such strong communication which obviously you need to navigate the kind of journey into parenthood but i also feel that for you as a mother um you know having the ability to um you know to have these experiences as well as really enriching for you and it allows you um you know in a, a healthy kind of escapism sometimes obviously uh we're devoted parents and our son is you know so important to us um 
and you know the light of our life and and such a huge focus um, around everything that we do but it's important to nurture ourselves and our relationship as well um, and that just really helps us to be better parents um, and it helps us to really just remain connected um, to ourselves as individuals as well as um, within our relationship so I think um, with with everything with E&M it's it's really allowed um, you to continue to have that really strong sense of of identity um, and the sexual freedom that that um, entails as well and certainly for myself as well you know to still feel um, like I'm not phoning it in um, you know uh, <laughs> with with the way I'm uh, approaching things as well so it's it's uh it's really been enriching um, and and uh, informative mm. I like that yeah and the phoning it in I sort of feel like you know, it's this idea of, you know, it's sort of keeping that, like having a very alive energy about oneself. Yeah. And I think the, that kind of aliveness is, is something that we notice when we, you know, when we meet new people, um, you know, uh, certainly uh, with, with when we meet people within the E&M community, there's this kind of uh, glint in their eye. Um, that is very noticeable straight away and it's just a, a real sense of of um, you know just being open to connection um, and that's something that I've really valued in in making these connections within different E&M communities um, is that people seem really um, like they have a, a great uh, sense of self and they also are just really interested people. They're interested in exploring their own relationships. They're interested in understanding other people's relationships. Um, and it really uh, allows to, to form a really fast connections with different people, friendships and, and, you know, going for, you know, I remember one amazing dinner that we had in New York with with some new friends that we'd just met at actually uh, um, through one of Effie Blue's uh, lectures, and uh, we went out for dinner with them, and and we'd never all hung hung out the four of us together, but we we spent you know maybe four or five hours I think over dinner and wines, and by the end of it we, we were friends for life. You know, we had such a strong um, sense of connection. Um, and and they were just such open people um and it was just a a, a really amazing experience that's one of the things i i also really love about um non-monogamy is connecting with people in this way and you know it's not always sexually based you know often it's you know just meeting other people who are you know interested and curious as you said and having that that commonality in you know experiencing relationships in this way is very bonding uh, and, you know, we can have conversations with these people about things that we wouldn't probably be able to chat about with other people who, you know, we may have known for 20 years. So, you know, you can form a deep bond when you're able to be vulnerable and share uh, in this way with yeah. other people. And there's just no, there's no pretense to anything. It's not like anyone's trying to, you know, th there's no sense that... Um, uh, th there's a sense of judgment coming from the other people because everyone's just in a really open-minded um, kind of mindset, and it's it's a really liberating thing to be to be hanging around people like that and know that people are just accepting you for who you are, um, and that's as you said, not not sexually based. It's just in terms of uh, just an outlook and a mindset. You said something before about 
uh, you know, people having a bit of like a glint in their eye and, you know, we're sort of talking about alive, you know, that feeling of being alive. And I feel like, you know, there's something, there's something really powerful about having a bit of the unknown for yourself as well. It's like, you know, sure, I'm a mom, I'm married, I work, I have, you know, different interests and friends and all of that. But there's something really energizing about knowing that there's different parts of my story that I don't know about yet. You know, there's different, you know, there's different, you know, my sexual story hasn't been fully written out. It's like, that's still unfolding, you know, and, you know, our sexual self is huge. It's a huge part of who we are. Um, You know, it's nothing to be diminished about or, you know, looked down upon or minimized as, you know, just some hedonistic experience or whatever. It's like, it's like really a part of who we are. We're sexual beings. And I feel like having that excitement, knowing that, you know, I don't know what's coming in the future and I don't know what's coming for you in the future. And that's really hot. Mm. That's really exciting. So, you know, it's sort of living, living in a bit of, a bit of the unknown, a a bit of risk within reason, within, within a place of safety. But there's something really exciting about that. Yeah. Just endless possibilities. And it's, it's a great way to kind of move through life, feeling like there's always something, um, potentially to, to something new to look forward to. Um, but I'm interested to know, you know, lots of, within the E&M community, um, there's lots of talk about that kind of new relationship energy. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on that and, and how you've navigated that kind of new relationship energy um, for the last, you know, se- seven or eight years that we've been kind of in this um, open, more open relationship. Yeah, so new relationship energy, you know, I guess in the in the monogamous world, uh, people might think of it as, you know, if you're seeing someone and you're in that sort of honeymoon phase, you've got the rose-coloured glasses on, you know, the person who you're, you know, engaging with, you have them on this bit of a pedestal and, you know, all of that. So, yeah, in non-monogamy, we feel this more often. I feel like new relationship energy isn't always just about a you know, a particular new partner. Sometimes it's about even just meeting a group of new non-monogamous friends who we might not even necessarily become sexually involved with. Um, You know, that's really powerful. I also actually feel new relationship energy with different friendships that I have, platonic friendships. So it's sort of, you know, that excitement of really getting to know somebody. But I feel like the first time that I experienced new relationship energy uh, with a man was in 2016 and I want to qualify that because uh you also experienced it with me when we started seeing each other oh my goodness my love I thought that was a given yeah I I like to think that um (laughs) I'm still in new relationship energy with you just for those listening at home it's it's, it's still happening (laughs) of course I've had you know have and still do have new relationship energy with you I feel like you know there's new versions of our relationship happening all the time. So I get to experience that with you. I guess I was meaning the first time that I had new relationship energy with somebody else who happened to be a man. Mm. It was very uh, confronting for me. It was very powerful. Uh, It really, it really took me back. And, 
you know, I actually felt quite emotional about it and it definitely triggered some monogamy programming that I still had where usually in monogamous situations when you're seeing someone and then a new person comes in and you feel all of that excitement and that rush and that power of the connection in the monogamous world, that would mean I don't love my partner or I'm not as attracted to my partner or there's a problem with my partner or there must be something wrong with the relationship. So I was having these intense feelings for him. There was definitely this moment of, ooh, you know, under under a more normal relationship setting that, that this could maybe mean the end, you know, and not that I ever thought that we were ending and, you know, you were right by my side, you were right there with me, holding me, you know, I was able to talk with you about it, which I think is also really important with... Um, you know, these types of relationships, you know, it wasn't something that I, I didn't feel alone in my new relationship energy. But um, yeah. But, I mean, interestingly, the, the I guess the new relationship energy in that situation and often, uh, almost always, the, the new relationship energy that you're feeling also feeds back into our relationship. And this is something that I really... Um, I really value as well. And, and one of the great things about E&M um, is to, to kind of have this, this constant feeling of, you know, when, when you're feeling desired by a new partner, it really kind of, uh, you know, adds to, the, to the, the general undercurrent of excitement within our relationship. And because I am so compulsive, you know, I'm not threatened by that coming from an external source other than me, you know. I don't mind that you know, you're feeling this incredible sexual energy as a result of another person because we get to then um, kind of add that sexual energy to our own kind of melting pot of, of you know, where we're at um, as a couple. And it's it's a really powerful force. And, and I think if you're open to that um, experience and you're not protective over, um, you know, where that uh, energy is coming from, it can really add, add a lot to the, the relationship. I think you just also love it when I'm just walking around with a smile on my face. You know when I'm in NRE. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very <laughs> obvious. <laughs> but, you know, there can also be that aspect, I think, where some people get really addicted to new relationship energy. Mm. And, I'm, you know, I really don't think that that is you and I. I don't think that that's the way that we go about our non-monogamy, but we do enjoy it when it happens. And we do, as you said, it does feed back into our marriage. So it's very positive for us. Yeah, it's certainly some 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 people, um, it can have the propensity to get kind of addicted to that, the rush of the new relationship energy. Um, and, and we've certainly had conversations, you know, where... Because of our busy lives and because of you know our family dynamic and and all the other things that we have going on, we are restricted in some ways about how much new relationship energy we could actually chase down, um, just on a logistical level. Um, but it's so so naturally for us, it's it's been something that has not um, you know been a constant uh, feature of our own relationship is having that kind of new relationship energy for other people. Um, it's really you know, kind of a, a very sporadic thing, but it's something that we really try and embrace um, within, you know, each other and each other's partners. You've started this podcast mm -hmm. and I'm interested to know 
what kind of things, what kind of people, what kind of topics you're you're interested in, in exploring um, on here? What are, what are you planning to share? Yeah, I had a whole range of uh, people get back to me saying that they'd love to uh, come on to the podcast with me. And, uh, you know, even some monogamous people who are curious and, and want to sort of share from a point of, you know, at the beginning of their exploration in just having conversations around this topic, you know, and then, you know, different people who I also had only met, who I've only met through an, through an online space, you know, other women who are also sex positive writers and, um, you know, relationship positive writers, you know, as in for alternative relationship positivity, uh, you know, contact me saying that they love to be on the podcast as well. Um, and yeah, and of course, different friends of ours, you know, we have so many different friends, you know, in a whole wide, beautiful range of relationship structures from, you know, people who are very much mostly monogamous, but swing occasionally, uh, to people who are really living and thriving in a polyamorous uh, relationship structure. And also some people who are kind of very intentionally monogamous as well. Yeah. And that's, and that's a really um, important viewpoint, um, you know, to, to, to platform and, and to, to, to really encourage, you know, the main thing I think that you're getting at with all of this is just kind of making very intentional decisions that are based um, not from a, a place of, of just kind of going to the default, you know, everyone's done this forever, then we should do it. But really kind of being honest within your relationship and communicating whatever relationship structure um, uh, you want to um, explore. And I think it's going to be amazing to, to listen to, to all these you know, ranges of, of, of viewpoints. Absolutely. Also, I have to cut in, monogamy hasn't been forever. It's actually quite new. <laughs> there we go. Truth bomb. Truth bomb. But it can feel like it's been forever when it's our parents and it's our grandparents and it's our great-grandparents. As far as we know. You never know. Well, that's true. There could have been some wildness going on. They could have. Yeah, absolutely. There definitely could have been some wildness going on. I'm, I'm really excited to see where the, the podcast leads. And I think just like your evolving women community and your evolving love community and all the writing that you share on Substack, I'm, I'm excited to see where um, this particular journey journey leads and, and what um, you know different things come up and, and what different things are explored um, because I think it's a really important thing to be just having these communications, having open-minded discussions um, with people who are interested and people who are interested to adding to the discussions and the conversations themselves. Thank you so much. You are so supportive, honestly. How just lucky am I to be married to you? Yeah. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you coming on and being part of the first podcast. Um, it's been really wonderful to have these chats. And I really want to have some more conversations with you on the podcast as well. And maybe we can get into a few more. Uh, we can hone in on a few more different points and topics and things in the future. And we might even share a few stories. Oh, tantalizing <laughs> I well, mean I'm, within I, reason yeah within within reason but I I um I wonder so f potentially there might be people listening to this podcast that are not part of your online community mm. and it is a private community mm -hmm. and usually what you've done in the past is you've 
well, always you you um, only accept someone if you already have a mutual friend. But someone might be listening to your voice in Argentina and go, I don't have any mutual friends, but I'd love to follow the page. What is uh, what's going to be the way that people connect with you? Okay, so they can connect with me through my. Uh, you can follow my Substack, which is Evolving Love Project. Uh, you can also follow my Instagram, Evolving Love Project, which is inclusive to, you know, men as, you know, women, non-binary. Absolutely everybody is welcome on Evolving Love Project. Evolving Women Project is for, uh, you know, more female identifying uh, people. And, you know, you can you can add me there and you can also send me a message and let me know that you listen to the podcast um, on any of those two Instagram pages. Thank you so much for listening to this pilot episode of the Evolving Love podcast. I'm really looking forward to sharing more podcasts soon in the next couple of weeks, uh, which I'll be recording very shortly. And I hope that you have a wonderful day. Bye.